Hello everybody out there. Welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. And I know there was a, about a two week period where you did not have the Talk That Talk Show. You know, I definitely had to take some time to mentally recharge. And that's something that I always tell my viewers out there and everybody listening that you gotta make sure that your mental is completely 100% strong so that you can be the best version of yourself. So, you know, that's what I took these past two weeks. You know, I really focused on my bowling, also focused on trying to be better in my job. And, you know, I, I know that I did, you know, neglect the show for a little bit, but I'm just really glad to be back here and to deliver you guys a weekly show that everybody can be proud to say that they listen into, right? So definitely want to shout out to Zeeshawn Abbas, my boy John Sapata, who's on the Facebook live stream. And, you know, I definitely have a little bit of my friends here today. I had a great day right after work. Went over to Jose Tejas. If you don't know about Jose Tejas, I'm telling you. It's one of my favorite spots here in Edison or Woodbridge or whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, I definitely love that place. We got some margaritas, so we had a good time. And, you know, just really enjoyed our Friday. So I definitely want to thank everybody out there tuned in for, you know, spending your Friday here with me. Um, got a great show lined up for us today. Um, got some topics that I'm sure that you're going to want to hear about. There's a lot that we got to talk about, especially that my Kansas City Chiefs are AFC champions. So we're definitely going to have to talk about that. Um, but, you know, I have a special guest who is someone very, you know, near and dear and true to my heart. Um, somebody that I came in with at this job and, you know, has become one of my really good friends. So she's going to come on this show in a little bit and we're going to talk. But um, I definitely want to thank our sponsors out there, VW Liquors, located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. Definitely want to also shout out um, Executive Bar and Restaurant, located in Carteret, New Jersey, the place that I bartend at. Um, and then also we want to give a shout out to Cody Bromley at 91s.com. And, you know, one of the things that I always have been, you know, really something that's really been on my mind has just been the fact that, you know, you really got to just stay true to yourself and trust the decisions that that you think need to be made. Um, I had a situation where, you know, just this past episode on episode 39, you know, I had Jason Pintus on the show. Um, I definitely want to thank him for, you know, being on the show. But, you know, we didn't advertise that um, that episode. And it was because of the fact that, you know, there was a lot of things that happened at the bowling alley that, you know, we just weren't as a team, as the Talk That Talk show. We just didn't feel like we got a fair opportunity out there. And when you feel like, you know, there isn't any transparency in the same way that was voiced on this show, it just really makes you wonder and question the integrity of people. And in a league where, you know, you spend so much money every single week, you know, to try and stress relief, you want to make sure that you're getting the fairest opportunity possible without any of that dirty, you know, dirty money lingering feeling, right? And, you know, there was just too many questionable things that, that flew by. Um, you know, there was an opportunity at potentially a first place in uh, a singles league that was in question. And, you know, that's that was the difference of quite a few hundred dollars. So, you know, me and my team, we went to a different league. And you know, that caused a lot of different things. A lot of people coming at me saying that, you know, we should be ashamed of what we did. And, 
you know, having so much as the same guy that was on my show make his team walk that walk show. And it, it just really made me open my eyes to the fact of, you know, just how much you have to stay true to yourself and stay true to the people around you that help you to be the best version of yourself. So having said that, we've went into this new league here at Majestic, which has opened us up with, you know, wide open arms. And we go out there and we sweep a team just this past, you know, what was it? Just last night. So we've had success and, you know, sometimes you're going to make decisions that might necess necessarily make people happy, but you just have to put yourself in your solely yourself as, you know, prime priority first. And when you're able to do that, you know, you're going to give yourself the best opportunity at whatever you want in life. So, you know, I'm just really happy to move forward into the second half of the season with my bowling team to talk that talk show. And we're just ready to go out there and kick butt, man. So everybody out there tuned in, stay true to yourself and trust the decisions that you have made, right? And no matter what anybody says, right? And having said that, I really like to, you know, welcome this person on the show because since I've been, you know, in Playworks, which I know is my nonprofit um, that I work for, this girl has always been somebody... No, my fault. This woman has always been somebody that has never been afraid to speak her mind and has trusted the decisions that she has made. And, you know, I really am somebody that's really grateful to call her my friend. So when I came through to have the 40th episode of the Talk That Talk show, I had no other person who I thought to have on the show and somebody that I don't think that you want to guard on the court. I'm really excited to bring her here on the show. She came out with me to Jose Tejas. Love this woman. Please give it up for Naya Santiago. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Thy beast. My boy was good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Am I here? <laughs> You are here. Um, so yeah, how you feeling today? I know we uh, had some of those margaritas. So, yeah. <laughs> do you like that place, Jose Tejas? I told you, you put me on. It was over. <laughs> over. <laughs> you know, once you have it once, it's kind of hard not to come back, mm -hmm. right? Cracking the quesadilla, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I I, I definitely want to talk a little bit about you know just who you are, Nia. So for the people out there, I know I know you, but um, you know, kind of tell the people out there, you know, who is Nia? Santiago. I'm an ex-baller turned youth development head, but first first and foremost, always a basketball player. Mm -hmm. Always a sports head. Always just trying to be great. Yeah. All and the time. That motivation is definitely something that has definitely kept me around and you know, had that respect for you as well. And one of the things that you earned the respect for me early on was just what you were able to do on the basketball court. So, <laughs> you know, where, where did you go to college again? And... All right. So first I started out at the university of well, the Fairfield university okay. out in Connecticut. Didn't really like it there. Mm -hmm. Took off, went to a junior college. Uh, had a good time there. Uh, graduated, then went off to the university of Texas, El Paso. And the rest is history, bro. Oh, man. And just to say that, you know, you played a Division One sport, that was something that a lot of people, you know, dream of. So, like, what did that mean to you to actually be a Division One athlete? I mean, honestly, it meant, like, there were so many people that were like, y'all shall never go D1. She's too short. What? She can't. She can't shoot. She's not fast enough. But, I mean, it just meant, it meant the world because it was like, yo, I can do whatever I tell myself I want to do. So it was cool, man. It was great. Yeah, and... 
You know, I know for me, somebody that played, a, you know, a sport, I played Division three. I didn't play much, but you know, I can say that I was Division three athlete. And I know that, you know, just going out on the court and be able to compete, you know, it was just something that I, I really loved. And I think that's what's also translated for me to being able to love the sport of bowling. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess for me, you know, now that you haven't, you know, played college basketball anymore, how have you been able to translate, you know, that competitive energy of where you've like, you know, stored that or where are you bringing that to? I mean, I think it gives me the opportunity to kind of share the competitive energy, but also share how much work it actually takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot of kids that I work with who are like, oh, I'm going to the NBA. And I'm like, are you? You're five two. <laughs> right? Um, and then you have a lot of kids who, you know, don't necessarily think school is super important, at least being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if your goal is to go to college and your goal is to play at the highest level, you're not just a basketball player, you're not just a football player, you're not just uh, a sports athlete. You're 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 a student first, right? You know, so in order to get that check signed over for you, you gotta you gotta put in the work in the classroom. So it's a lot. Yeah, and and that comes from me personally. I know firsthand that um, what it takes to be in the classroom because, you know, I played for two years and then, you know, what happened to me was I was academically ineligible because I didn't prioritize the right things. You know, I prioritized partying a little bit too much, not studying. And part of the reason why I go out each and every day, you know, in our nonprofit that we work for is just to try and make sure that, you know, I can be that positive example for some of those kids out there and to help them not make the same mistakes that I did. So, you know, has there been anyone, you know, that you've worked with that kind of just really touched you in a way that, you know, really motivated you to just be even better? Like anybody in particular? I mean, for me, it was just really, like, a lot of the people I had around in my life, like coaches, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had the opportunity to work with some great coaches. I even had the opportunity to play with some great players. Mm. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, people look to coaches to motivate you, but a lot of times the people you're alongside mm-hmm. really kind of motivate you and kind of make you want to be a bit better. So shout out to all my former teammates, former opponents. You know what it is. <laughs> you know the vibes, right? Yeah. But um, I guess from, you know, that competitive aspect, too, there's some of those people that I do see on the bowling lanes that have kind of become those competitive rivals. So, like, you know, when you've played basketball, has there been any, like, who would you say is, like, your toughest person that you had to guard or, like, Ooh. someone that you went to battle every single time with? Yo, interestingly enough, uh-huh. it is a Edison product. Really? J.P. Stevens, Tania Kennedy. Really? Okay, Tania Kennedy. Used to give me the business. (laughs) She was so much faster than I was, you know, and she was older than I was too. So I came in as a sophomore and she was a senior, but we had actually been working out prior to that. So she used to come down to where we used to work out. Man, man, (laughs) I, I hated it. I hated every minute of it. Hated it. But I bet that made you want to go in the gym and work a little bit harder, didn't it? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, we was around the same height, so she went D1 first. So I was like, oh, all right, cool. Mm. I got that, too. Um, so, you know, she went right up to St. Peter's. You know, it was it was nice to see somebody from, I guess, you know, Middlesex County 
and and do I something. and I think that you say it too, like as far as a tough guard, you know, for you as a JP Stevens product. And I kind of think about myself, like when I was in high school, and like who was kind of like a tough person to defend. And I would have to go with another JP person as well. Um, this guy Kenny Bland, I remember KJ Bland. He was somebody that could shoot, almost like a Kevin Garnett type player. Mm -hmm. He was tough to guard for me. And I remember working out with him at the gym at the shooting academy at the time. And I felt like, you know, it was people like that that kind of pushed you in that almost that rivalry to try and, you know, excel your game. And um, I just really enjoyed, you know, that competitive aspect. And, you know, there are definitely times that I miss it. And, you know, do you find that for yourself, too, that, you know, you, you, you look back a lot often on those times and miss those a lot? Yeah, man. It's, it's, there's a lot of times you kind of look back and you're like, man, I wish I could get out there and play a full game or I wish I could even get on the bus. Yeah. Right? Like hop on a bus and ride. Oh, those bus you know, rides man, used to listen, be fun, you know? Like... You know, those are great times, right? You know, yeah. and even high school, high school basketball and college basketball are two different things. You think there's a lot of pressure in high school, but the reality comes, you know, high school is probably the best four years of your life. Mm. As far as being an athlete, you have the opportunity to kind of grow, find yourself, figure out who you are as a player, but also figure out who you are as, you know, a young adult. So, you know, it gives you the opportunity to kind of grow and meet different people and stuff. So. Oh, for sure. And, like, I feel like it's very important for a lot of people to get that experience of playing a sport and being a part of a team and knowing what it feels like to be competitive. It's, you know, those personal and life skills that help you as far as getting jobs and trying to be a successful person. And, you know, I feel like there's a lot of lessons that come from the game that you can just take in everyday situations. And I feel like the respect of, you know, the opponent and respect of trying to be in the same plane and trying to achieve the same goal, it kind of helps you to then in later on in life, you know, have respect for the next person next Definitely. to you and, you know, trying to be better and help the next person. So, you know, I think sports are very important and I know somebody that has been a leader for the Giants, that of your Giants, actually, <laughs> yes, that has been a leader for the team for a long time. And I know we definitely got to give a little shout out here to Eli Manning. Yes, sir. Um, Thank what, you. What, what would you say Eli Manning means to you as a New York Giants fan? I, I mean, he means a bit of stability, right? Like, we've mm -hmm. had, you know, a bunch of wide receivers come and go. But, like, to have him kind of carry the team for as long as he did – and I mean, got us, got us some rings, right? Like yep. he did his thing. And um, I mean, just to say and be completely clear, he was definitely the Patriot Slayer. Yeah, I mean, he, in the like, era where Tom Brady yep. has owned it, he beat Tom twice. twice when it counted, right? Yes. You know, so you know, he's definitely been a bit of stability for us. And uh, you know, it was great to kind of watch him. You know, I got to see him live a few times. So it was nice. Now, a lot of people are questioning whether he's a shoe in Hall of Famer. Oof. I got to ask Naya Santiago, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? He's a Hall of Famer. Shoeing, eek. But I definitely think with, you know, the right timing, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he did did a lot for the Giants, right? Held them down mm -hmm. for a long time, right? Even when, you know, obviously when, you know, our rookie wasn't kind of producing, they put him back in there yeah. and he came out and did his thing. Yeah. Um. So, he, like I said, a little bit of stability for us. But I definitely think he's going to the Hall of Famer. Yeah. I Give think that man a jacket. Oh, yeah, for sure. Please give that man Jack. And I was actually going to agree with you in the fact that, you know, Eli Manning has done so much for that organization. And you look at as far as somebody else in Phillip Rivers, who some people do view as a shoe-in Hall of Famer, and that guy doesn't have a Hall of Fame ring, and he's also found his way out of the Los Angeles Chargers, you know? So 
when you look at the way Eli Manning exited and in the dramatic fashion that he did in winning that game that mm-hmm. was meaningless for a lot of Giants fans or even just for their positioning, but that was just his way of sending off in a way of showing also appreciation to the fans as well. And, you know, just the way that he went off, not a lot of people get to do to be on one team for your entire career, you know? So I think that, you know, to agree with you, I definitely think that Eli Manning is a shoe in hall of famer. Um, But another thing that I definitely wanted to talk to you about too is, we always have conversations about the WNBA. Yes, you know, where where do you have first of all Maya Moore in your top five as far as these WNBA players? top five WNBA players of all time? I'm definitely giving her top four, top three. Okay, I'll go top three all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got a couple of my favorite point guards in there. So, but she's <laughs> Is Diana Taurasi in there. Diana Taurasi's top four. Okay, she's definitely number four. Okay. Um, but you know, to watch, you know, some of the great players. I mean, Don Staley's gonna be number one for me all oh, the time. Yeah. She's my all-time favorite player. But then you got Sue Bird, bro. So unstoppable. smooth, right? So unstoppable. Smooth. You got players like Becky Hammond. You got to give super respect to Lisa Leslie, right? Yes. Candace Parker. She's obviously top five. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying for her to be even be in that company, but she's definitely top three though because her athleticism. Speed, Teresa Witherspoon too. You, know, you think about it, she, I, I used to have her sneakers. Really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was back before like, you know, when my dad was buying my sneakers and stuff. <laughs> Bought my brother some Jordans. Got me some Teresa Witherspoons. Mm. Now, now I know um, we always talk about the sneakers and everything and how you retired sneaker hat. <laughs> what was one of your favorite sneakers that you caught back in the day? Ooh, I had some grape elevens. They were like ooh grape elevens. They were like um, they had great the purple bottoms, but the top was like black suede. Mm, damn. Love those things. Yeah, I think loved them. I, I think, think I the got sneakers. them on. Uh, I got them on sale too at the mall because I was in El Paso. For, oh, you got them in El Paso yeah, too? Yeah, man. We was standing in line back when that was like a thing. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> I have a lot of our friends that we were calling them sneaker heads or hype beasts. So, you know, I, I actually was somebody that I wasn't really too prime on that. I always used to get made fun of because of my Team Jordans, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the number Jordans. <laughs> I think the first pair of number Jordans I ever had was the um it was the aqua eights the aqua eights those are, and i hey i love those sneakers too but um i've been trying not to pass judgment these days these ain't not tra- <laughs> <laughs> they, they weren't they weren't up to your standard yeah, it's right, it the- it it all right shoe man it's yeah. all right shoe. but um i know you know we're talking about the kicks and everything but i definitely wanted to ask you because i don't know how much or how many people out there watch the show but if you watch the show Power, I tell you what, it's one of my favorite shows. I can't lie. I'll never forget it. I was upstairs on my in my room playing Xbox, and my boy Jeff, who's actually here watching live, got to give a shout-out to him. But he's like, yo, Barry, you got to watch this show Power, man. And, I, and, you know, I'm always like the social nonconformist. I always try to say, I'm like... Everybody's watching the show. I don't want to watch it. He's like, nah, B, seriously, you got to watch the show. And I think it was around like the time where like Ghost got to prison or something like that and trying to get his way out. And it was, I, I just was so intrigued, man. Like I started binge watching it. 
And it's become one of my favorite shows. I can't believe there's only two episodes left. So I got to ask you and everybody, you know, who doesn't watch Power, you know, the leading episodes have been to see who shot Ghost, right? So I got to ask Nine Beans with two episodes left. Who do you think shot Ghost? I, I got to hear Cover your ears. Cover I'm your ears. I'm telling y'all who shot Ghost. <laughs> All right. Let them know who Spoiler shot. Spoiler alert. <laughs> let them know who shot Ghost. Spoiler alert. It was Tariq. Oh, you think Tariq did it? Oh, man. It was Tariq. Uh, why? I, well, ah, man. I, I, I kind of goes. I, 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 for a while, I thought Ramona was going to do it. Um, I really did think Tommy could have potentially did it. But for everybody out there that didn't see that Tommy episode. was nah, That Tommy episode was fire. It was a good one. Yeah. Made me want to watch some more. Yeah. But... but I heard that Tommy's about to get his own spinoff. That would be pretty tough. Can you imagine watching a, a Tommy out in the West Coast, you know, <laughs> right, right after he yes, smoked sir. Spanky? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They got to put that clip in the got first to, of the episode. Got to. Got to. But um, I, now, I know that we just talked about a lot, man, but I can't have this be the 40th episode and, you know, talk about my Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. I mean... Woo. It's an amazing feeling. And before I do talk about that, I definitely want to ask you, you know, because I'm so happy I didn't have the experience <laughs> of seeing my team make it to the Super Bowl. So I want to see for you, like, what made you want to be a Giants fan? Like, what, what was it that said, hey, I want to be a Giants fan? So I got two choices at my house. Either you're a Knicks fan or you're a Giants fan or you're a Yankees fan. Uh-huh. So, yes, that's that's all I had. <laughs> there's, no, there's no options. You just, yeah. You're a Giants fan, Take you're a Yankees jersey, fan, and you're a Knicks team. fan. <laughs> Sit down, shut up, and let's watch sports. Oh, all right, so, you man. know, but, I mean, even over the years, like, just kind of it being a home, the hometown team, eh, kind of liked them a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, once they, you know, once I really started getting into sports other than basketball, that's kind of where it's kind of kicked off a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're better than the Jets. So. <laughs> you got a little bit of things right. to hang your yeah, hat so, on, right? You know, I'm always for the hometown teams. So. Yeah, but my, I guess for me, is very similar. You know, I had my dad who was a big Chiefs fan and always had us watching Priest Holmes and Dante Hall, the X-Man, returning yeah. kicks and... Larry Johnson went after he graduated from Penn State and came to the Chiefs. And, you know, I've experienced, I feel like, the heartbreak. You know, I've experienced <laughs> Andrew Luck fumbling the ball Jeez. on the goal line, picking it up and scoring it. I've watched Marcus Mariota throw a pass to himself and score it. All right. I've seen the Pittsburgh Steelers come into Kansas City and beat us only scoring less than 20 points, right? I don't even think they scored a a touchdown that game or whatever, but it it was, how could I say? It's been a tough road being a Chiefs fan and watching all your favorite friends, you know, have their teams in the – in the Super Bowl, I mean, my brother gets to go in the Super Bowl every other year as a Patriots fan, right? right? So, you know, for me, it's been a long road, and I really like our chances here going into the oh, Super yeah. Bowl. So I got to ask you, who's your Super Bowl pick? Do you got the 49ers or you got the Chiefs? Honestly. Uh-huh. Honestly, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Okay. Right, you know, the 49ers have a great defense, but their problem is their offense. So if you can't outscore mm. Patrick Mahomes... You're gonna have a long day ahead of you, right? And, and I think that's the challenge that the who was it? The Titans. Yeah. They just ran into, right? You got a you got a decent defense, but once Patrick Mahomes gets rolling, it's 
That's a tough train to stop. So oh, I yeah. Think he, does, he does an awesome job getting them going. Yeah, and, and I, he's fun to watch. He <laughs> is very fun to watch. I mean, when you got the no-look passes, you got him throwing bombs. I mean, he's running through three and four people yes, in the sir. goal line just to score. So, you know, I think that we definitely have an edge in having the true MVP in sure. Patrick Mahomes. But what? one thing that I saw... <laughs> what? I, no, he's the true MVP. I mean, Lamar Jackson. Uh, what? He, he's the regular season MVP. All right. He's the I'll regular season That's MVP. Valid. But when the chips were on the line and you needed somebody to go out there and get a first down, <laughs> or when you were down 21 points, who did you get? Lamar Jackson or Patty Mahomes? It was Patty Mahomes. But what I will say is this: the 49ers have not—they've not trailed in the postseason. Yes, and when you've seen the Chiefs have done, has they—they've been trailed in back. the postseason. They've, they came back. So I think the big thing is if the Chiefs can jump out ahead against the 49ers, mm -hmm. if they can make Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball more than ten times. I mean, it's crazy how the 49ers didn't even have to let Jimmy G throw the ball more yes. than ten times Definitely. to beat the Green Bay Packers, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if the Chiefs can really jump out ahead, I think we got a real good chance Yo, to win. Garoppolo has six passes going into the second half. What? Bro, like six. <laughs> six. Mm. Not like, you know, most players, 20, 30. Bro, my man had six. Yeah, he that, threw the ball six times. That, and, and won a game. That's, and that's... handedly won a game. <laughs> I mean, what were the passes? Screen dump down passes? Barely, too, right? right? <laughs> barely, barely any yardage. But it was, just, it, was, it was crazy to watch. But I don't think that they're able to do that. Against the, against Chiefs. the Chiefs. I don't see it happening. But the one thing that does worry me is the fact that that offense of the 49ers can be electric. I mean, that if you can, it. like, I mean, the offensive line has literally punished their opponents. And if you're able to just run down opponents' throats, it's difficult. And the Chiefs, when they have lost this season, have struggled against stopping the run. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I'm a little bit worried. But like I said, if you can jump out ahead of the team, then you're able to eliminate that run game because nobody's going to want to run the football if you're down 14 points against Patrick Mahomes, Definitely. you know? So and I think that'll be that'll be super important for the Chiefs because you want to get that ball and get going. Oh, yeah. You don't want to kind of wait to the second half to try to, you know, get into a rhythm. I think one thing that they did against the Titans, they started kind of slow, mm -hmm. you know, and then kind of had to build up. And it was just like, oh, they're here. Yeah. Welcome to the party. So I think they want to come in kind of, you know, ready to go and start early. That way they put that second defense, you know, number two defense, you know, put, the, put them to the test. And that's what I think also is a huge thing for the Chiefs here is the fact that thank you to the management for getting rid of Bob Sutton because <laughs> that, that defense was awful for years, mm -hmm. you know. And for them to take a guy, Steve Spagnola, who did struggle with, you know, building this team and their defense at the start, but they've picked up as the season has progressed. And, I mean, for them to hold Derrick Henry to under 100 rushing yards and then to actually win the AFC championship based off of that defense's performance, you know, I really like this Chiefs team, and it's been a real fun year to watch. And then when you think about it offensively, I mean, you got Tyreek Hill, you got <laughs> Sammy Watkins, uh, Markel Hardman, who runs the ball incredibly. Then you got Damian Williams, who's given the Chiefs life from running back position. So, I mean, this team is fun to watch. No, you guys got a good team this year, and it was it was actually kind of a perfect storm, right? You guys mm -hmm. have been have you guys have had parts, had pieces 
but it's kind of finally coming together and i think they're really getting hot yes like when it counts when it matters so i think they're doing a they're gonna be all right this year so what so and what that's right right we're at the house <laughs> <laughs> and, Chilling I, on the couch. and i think the cool thing about it too let you say is about getting hot right and the chiefs mm -hmm. are hot at the right time and i think that that's a great segue to kind of transition as far as something that I look forward to the most around this time. And that's March Madness, right? Yes, sir. Is there any college basketball teams that you see right now, men's or women, that you feel is like they're shoe-ins to get this national championship? Honestly, what I've been watching lately as far as like college basketball, especially with the men's, I don't see any consistent teams, right? We've got these teams that are good. We've got teams that are supposed to be good and aren't good. Mm -hmm. We've got teams that are supposed to be great, but are like falling middle of the road. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, how many times the number one spot has changed mm -hmm. since the beginning of the season. I mean, I think we start out Duke number one and they lost like to some bums. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of, it's actually really nice to see that, you know, there's no team absolutely dominating everybody, you know, um, you know, even with women's basketball, you know, that number one spot has been jumping around a lot, too. Oh, yeah. You know, Connecticut was number one for a little bit. Then Baylor just knocked them off. Yeah. Right? So it's good to see that, you know, the talent's being a little more spread out. Um, but I don't have a I don't have a team that I'm just like, yeah, they're going. Yeah. Or they're going to be in the dance. Mm. Um, I don't have a team that's in that spot yet because I think everybody's, like, super competitive, especially now. Yeah, and you talk about, you know, super competitive. I know that the <clears throat> one division that's been super competitive has been that Big Ten Conference mm -hmm. for the men's basketball. And, you know, one team that I actually have to give a shout-out to has been Rutgers. Yes. I mean, at, you know, we're New Jersey residents, so, you know, the fact that we can actually turn on a Rutgers game and it's competitive, yes. it's, like, very refreshing to watch. Even though they did lose to Iowa, you know, I really like this team's chances as far as trying to make it to the big dance. So, yeah. you know, I think we got to check out a Rutgers game sometimes. I think, I think they're, you know, they're they're a good little team. Like, mm -hmm. again, they've got parts. Yeah. And a lot of those parts work. They got a pretty decent young core. Yeah. And I think they, they've done a great job recruiting over the past few years. Yeah. They got kids who are sticking around. You know, they don't have a super high transfer rate either. So, yeah. you know, they've got kids that kind of want to be there. So it's nice to actually see a Rutgers game and they're not getting blown out right? by 30. I mean, the, right? The, and that's either side of the ball. The girls are playing halfway decent too. So, yeah. you know, it's it's nice to see that Rutgers is finally In making it. some noise. Yeah. No, my, I can't say finally because back when, what? Quincy Doobie. Yeah, but even with the women, you had Mati Ajavon, Essence Carson. Yes. When they had that class, sheesh. Yeah, there was, there was, there I was, think they were, was that Final bro, Four we, team? Yeah, we went, what, was it Elite Eight? I think they got yeah, to the Elite, Elite Eight, eight you yeah. know? So, you know, you see, you know, see local talent, local kids. You know, a lot of these kids are from around here. Yeah. So, you know, it's nice to see, you know, some, some locals do, yeah. do their thing. Because that's one of the things that me and Lou had talked about on his episode was just the fact that we have these New Jersey, you know, guys that just don't want to stay in New Jersey. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's very important that for the, the, you know, Rutgers to be good. Yes, they might be ranked this year, but it's important for them to continue to recruit these hometown guys mm -hmm. and keep them in state. 
because if you can keep you know your your best guys in state, it's gonna give you that sustainability and help you to build that brand of Rutgers basketball to want to have guys that want to stay in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the worst feeling when you go on TV and watch these games and you got some of our best guys playing out in Oklahoma right. or you got them playing up in Minnesota. You know, like mm-hmm. Jelly Fam, right? So <laughs> Isaiah, was there? Isaiah Washington. So mm-hmm. you got to get these guys back home and, and playing in Rutgers so that we can keep winning for longer days, you know? Yeah, you know, it's all about sustainability. I think, I think you know, when you go to a school like Rutgers, you know, other people from around the country are like, oh, you're by Rutgers. And I'm like, yeah, we don't really have any sports teams. That yeah, you don't have something um, to be happy about. I mean, and you think with athletes, you know, you want something like a program that they're going to want to come to. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and that's that's a challenge in a lot of places, especially if they have a high turnover rate for coaches. For sure. You know, if, you, if we see a, lot of, a whole bunch of coaches – Who's going to want to stick around? Because the challenge is getting kids to kind of stick around and getting kids to want to come somewhere that has a tradition of winning. You know, sure. you think back a couple of years, Rutgers do, did not have, have a, a tradition did, of winning. Did not. <laughs> you know, people were like, least. oh, who, who does Rutgers play so we can go see who they got? Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's nice to see that they're kind of building a winning tradition over there. So it's cool to watch. For sure. And I definitely want to thank you for coming here on the show, Naya. Um, one of the things that I always like to ask some of my you know, guests on the show to try and enlighten some people out there that are <laughs> viewers, but um, you know, what's some advice that maybe you could give your younger self that Oof. you wish you could you know, give you if you had that time to see that person back then? <laughs> Go to class. <laughs> <laughs> go to class. Go to class. Everybody out there, go to class. Immediately, right now, go to class. I mean... You know, that's one thing, but also just kind of enjoying it, right? Mm. You know, taking a step back and actually enjoying what you're in. Uh, I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves to be really good at something, but we never really take into account of, you know, how big that situation is. Um, I, I think back to like walking into the gym for the first time at UTEP and I'm like, yo, this is a big ass gym. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm coming from South Plainfield. We could fit 145 people in the gym, right? So, you know, to go and do something like that is like, you look, I look back now and I'm like, dang, I, I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think just really living in the moment and, you know, enjoying every bit of what it is you're doing, even the struggles, because they'll come. Um, and then also just get up, get up again, right? Yeah. You know, I've, you know, you, you talked about, you know, being academically ineligible. That's why I left Fairfield, right? Like, yeah. I left Fairfield and ended up at a junior college um, because I couldn't get the grades. But it was also the opportunity for me to kind of take a step back and be like, yo, get your life together, figure yep. it out, you know, let's go. Let's get it together. Um, and, you know, it, it opened up the door for a great opportunity. So, you know, again, enjoying it, taking the L's for what they are and just, you know, making the most of it. And I, and I appreciate that out there, Nye, because I, I think that's real talk. I mean, we're human beings, so we're, we're, we're definitely, we, we're going to make mistakes. It's just a matter of what you do, you know, beyond those mistakes and how you're able to flip that and turn it into a positive. Definitely. And I think that you're somebody that is very motivating and, and somebody that I have, how could I say, you know, gravitated towards because of your energy. And, you know, I feel like, 
No, I'm serious. I think that, you know, energy is something that's very underrated. And when you have people that are like-minded and have that same energy, it's just so easy to be productive with that person, man, and, and to have fun with. So I, I just thank you for coming here on this show, Naya. No um, You know the respect that I have for you, and we're definitely going to have to have you on the, the show again <laughs> definitely, soon. Definitely. So we want to thank our viewers out there. Thank you, Gary James. Peter Dunn, Marquise Bethel, my hey, dad Marquise. who's watching. <laughs> yeah, Marquise, we got to go to... Hey, uh, Mr. Holmes. Yes, David Lee, Frank Cortez, Mike Robinette, Savion Gaynor, Sherrod Schuford, Vic James, James Chang, Jeez. Dr. Glex who had his own episode, Jeez. Bill the Thrill Stall, Jennifer yeah. Newman, Andrew Lynch, Laszlo, Adiola. Anthony Kodos, Ethan Bayer, Chris Shank Jr., Antoine Jefferson. Wow, the Facebook live stream was booming today. <laughs> we even got Jeffrey Farrell live in the fresh yes, out there. Look at him. Yeah. We got Aisha Simone here. We got uh, your sister. Niari. Niari, you saved me because I definitely <laughs> forgot. I'm sorry, Niari. I'm not going to forget, I so promise good. you. But... I want to thank everybody out there who, you know, came to support, you know, live, whether you watched on the Facebook live stream, whether you're here in my house, uh, <laughs> whether you're listening through your speakers. Thank you so much because this is something that means a lot to me. Um, sure. Whether somebody tries to desecrate the name and say the Walk That Walk show, how terrible, how putrid, right? Ooh. So boo that dude, right? He sucks. <laughs> he sucks, man. Play me, play but um, no, the Talk That Talk show is something that means so much to me, right? And I just feel like, you know, just from where I've started to now say that I have 40 episodes in the bag, to say that I have people like Naya Santiago, who's like my really good friend, to come on the show and to have new viewers every single week. You know, I just feel like I have the best job in the world. I just get to come up here, have some fun, talk to my friends, and, you know, make a show that you guys all like. So definitely want to thank our sponsors at VW Liquors, located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. We always do this for Dave at the end of the show, so you got to do it. Let's go, Mets. I Let's will go, not. Mets. Come on, no. man. I'm a Yankee fan. Oh, I can't partake. But uh It's okay. She 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 understands and loves our I sponsors, so it's okay. Uh special shout out to Executive Bar and Restaurant located in 30 Menu Street, Carteret, New Jersey. And then also shout out to 91s.com with Cody Bromley. Best acid wash apparel in the game. I actually shot my highest set ever this past Tuesday, 724. I'm telling my dad I'm a BMF, baby. I'm a bad mother. You know what? So I'm just trying to say, if I make my senses, you might not want to bowl me. I'm just saying. But I'm just trying to learn from all my friends out there, my bowling fam. So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to continue. I, I, I feel mentally recharged. I'm thanking you for everybody out there for tuning in. I promise you every week you're going to have an episode of the Talk That Talk show. I'm going to try and have cool people like Nye Beans on there yet again. And thank you so much for tuning in. I love you all, and I'll see you next week. Peace. All right, peace. And that, Nye.